This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer. Is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Wednesday, New York, New York, a day early and a wise decision by the powers that be to do a Wednesday show as opposed to a Thursday show with everything that transpired here in the big city. Game one for the Rangers and the Hurricanes. We'll get to Max Scherzer in a matter of moments. We'll get to the Red Hot Yankees in a matter of moments. But I'm going to start first with the hockey. The Rangers led a golden opportunity to steal game one, to make a statement in this series. They let it go right through their fingertips down in Carolina kicking off this series. No other way around it. The Rangers had a one nothing lead that felt like it should have been two or three or four to nothing after the first two periods. They failed to capitalize. Capocacco misses the open net. And they let the Carolina Hurricanes hang around. In my opinion, in the second half of the third period, the New York Rangers were on the defensive. They were not on the offensive. And when you do that on the road against the team that has had your number, it's only a matter of time before the other shoe is going to drop. 
And that is exactly what happened for the Rangers. Late in the third period, off the deflection, boom, Carolina scores the goal. Then you get into the overtime session, and boom, Carolina scores another goal. I don't want to hear, well, the Rangers, oh, you know, could have done this, should have done this, blah, 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 blah. They had this game there for the taking. When you have games like that in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you fail to capitalize, and you fail to seize the moment, normally it comes back to bite you in the ass. That's just the way it goes. Hope I'm wrong on this. But I think we're going to look back on game one of this series as a monster missed opportunity for the Rangers. Now, the positive is the Rangers won game one or lost game one in a couple overtimes against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is true. The Rangers had success against Pittsburgh. They did in the regular season. They were the favorite team in the series. They are not the favorite team here in this series. Stealing game one on the road would have been enormous. Absolutely, positively enormous. And they fail to get it done. You're going to have a tough time sleeping tonight if you're a Ranger fan. Because you should be up one to nothing. There were about three or four scoring chances they didn't put home. You score that second goal there, I'm telling you. Different feel, different game, cross the board. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Now, the other big story in town. The Mets. They had what should have been a ho-hum, beautiful type of night. Offense breaks out. Alonzo drives in a bunch of runs. They put up double figures on the St. Louis Cardinals, and you should feel great. Chris Bassett pitching tomorrow, trying to win another series, beating up on the Cardinals after the bad blood from what? A few weeks ago? That's not the story, though. The story for the Mets is front and center regarding Max Scherzer. Leaves this game in the sixth inning. An injury to his side. Now, when I hear an injury to his side, what am I thinking? Oh, boy. The good news from a Mets perspective is that we are not talking about Max Scherzer and an arm injury, at least as far as I know. That's the good news. The bad news is obliques are tricky. They are tricky. They take time. If indeed this is an oblique injury for Max Scherzer, that means he's going to be on the shelf for, I'd say, at least four to six weeks. So you lose McGill. Now you're going to lose your ace in Scherzer. You're still waiting on Jacob DeGrom to come back. It's these sort of hits you don't want to have over the course of a season. And look, the question always with Scherzer was never going to be about his performance. It's about his age. He broke down at the end of last year for the Los Angeles Dodgers. How is Max Scherzer going to hold up over the course of a full season? It is a million-dollar question. It's one we're trying to figure out an answer to. But it looks like he's going to miss some time here. It doesn't appear to be as catastrophic, maybe, as you might have thought, as of, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half ago. But the fact that we're talking about Scherzer on the shelf, missing time, not what you want to hear if you're a Met fan. So I do not believe that the Met win over the St. Louis Cardinals is going to make you feel particularly good tonight. That's just a little food for thought. That's that's a sounding alarm moment for the Mets. They need Max Scherzer. They need him now. They need him, especially in September and October, if they want to get to where they want to get to. So that's not the news that you wanted here on this Wednesday evening. The win, whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. Now, 
Tough night for the Rangers. Mixed bag night for the Mets. They get a win, but Scherzer goes down with an injury. I just want to remind everybody. One little fact before we hit your calls. And I see that the calls are coming in hot and heavy. Welcome in. It's Spotify Live. We do these a lot. Tuesday is our regular night, but we're doing one on a Wednesday after a Ranger playoff loss. But a reminder to everybody out there. The New York freaking Yankees are 28 and 9. I'm going to say it one more time for you in case you didn't hear me. The New York freaking Yankees are 28 and 9. Another win. I know the Orioles stink. I know they're an awful team. Keep winning games, baby. Keep winning series. Cole, good. I need him to be a little bit more economical. Six innings, a two-run ball. The bullpen lights out again. The idea that the Yankees are getting this out of King and they're getting this out of Holmes is outrageous. Holmes does his job in the ninth inning. And the Yankee offense, listen, they scored three runs in the first inning. They do nothing after the fact. Fine by me. Winning a game where they're playing defense and running the bases properly. At 28-9 starting off this year. Everything has gone right from a Yankee perspective. Everything. They're going to be tested. They're going to hit their wall. They're going to hit some valleys. But this, this start to the year is absurd. Look at teams that start off 28-9. The end result, folks, it's usually pretty good. It's usually pretty damn good. You know, somebody asked me the other day, one of my pals, he goes, you know, I, no- I noticed what you Yankee people, there's not much to complain about these days. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I was just talking to Jacko a few minutes ago. There isn't much to complain about from a Yankee perspective. All right, the calls are coming in hot and heavy. Get in, tell your friends. You guys, we're in for a night. Win for a night. We're going to lead it off with Luke, who gets us started here on this Spotify Live. What's happening, brother? Hey, JJ, what's up? Luke, how we doing, baby? How we living? Hey, man, we're great. I just got back from uh, from the game, man. I had my hand in the rally towel. Like, I was hurting. I can understand that. I mean, listen, let's be honest, though, Luke. They should have pounded through at least another goal or two and did not put you and all the other Ranger fans in that position. Let's be honest, dude. They dropped the ball on that. No, sorry. I'm a Canes fan, man. Oh, you're a Canes fan infiltrating enemy territory. Oh, so you want to pound your chest a little bit here. I did not expect that. Oh, you are not going to. No, I had my hand in the rally towel. I thought we were done. And, uh, man. Well, I thought you guys were cooked. Oh, I thought we were cooked too, JJ, because I was at the game about uh, two months ago when uh, we had 45 shots and we didn't score a goal. It was uh, the Rangers beat us. So I thought we were cooked. Well, Luke, listen, you guys have had great success against the Rangers. You've had the better of the Rangers in the playoff series in the bubble a couple of years ago. You go back to these matchups in the regular season. Carolina has outplayed the New York Rangers. For two periods, I said, who the hell is this Carolina team? Because they don't look like the same team that you saw throughout the regular season and even in the Boston series. They showed a sense of urgency, though, as you noticed as the third period progressed. And you're only down a goal. It only takes basically one or two rushes. You capitalize, you score the goal, you didn't feel great about overtime. And sure enough, overtime was dominated by Carolina. They scored the game winner. And it's a brutal, brutal loss. No other way around it. Brutal loss. 
Let's head to Eric, who is up next. He joins us. Eric, hello. How we doing? What's up, JJ Klaus? I think um, one of the things that stood out was as that game went on, Carolina, look at the shots on net they had in the third period. I think with like five or six minutes ago, it was like 17 to three in favor of Carolina. So the, you, you just felt that they were going to break through. Like you said, you get a couple of rushes like that. They were hitting the pipes left and right. And it just, it just had that feeling that they were going to finally break through. Obviously a tough loss. I uh, can't, can't blame the, the, the kids too much. They're the only ones generating the offense. My question is where was Mika? Where was Kreider? Where was Strom tonight? You got to get production out of those guys. If you're going to win a series like this. Totally agree, Eric. Excellent. Excellent point. The star power for the Rangers came through in a big way later on in the Pittsburgh series. So Benajad in game six and game seven. Panarin with the game winner in game seven. Kreider scoring in game seven. They were MIA tonight. The kid line basically gave you the best production and the best punch from a Ranger perspective. But again, you know what's going to kill you though, Eric? As good as they played, they're spunky. They're giving you life. Lafreniere, Kako, you name it. The Kako wide open, open net. Missing on that opportunity. You score there, Eric? It's probably game, set, match. Yeah, no, I think if you go up by two right there, that's a pretty safe lead. Chessie was kind of playing out of his mind tonight, and you can't squander that performance game one. They could still split and go back to New York 1-1, but to really set the tone for the series and say, hey, like last series was not a fluke. We're here to play. That was just, that was a crushing loss, an inexcusable loss down the stretch. Eric, it's one that's going to hurt. You got to turn the page quickly. The Rangers, to their credit, did that in game two. A little bit different, though. When you're down 0-1 in a series, you lose a crusher in game one, and you got to go and play on the road in game two. That's the difference now for this Ranger team. Different feel, different vibe. The great Mark in Kings Park. He joins us here on this Wednesday evening. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Mark, I'm doing fine, man. I know the Ranger fan is not doing great. I know the Met fan is not doing great. I mean, you should be doing great. Your team's playing great. You're well over 500. But this Scherzer injury is problematic, my man. I mean, like, I got to tell you that um, being the Islander fan that I am, man, this Rangers team ain't the Islanders from the last two seasons, man. They ain't been in Carolina. Carolina's defense, they're a top team for a reason. Their defense is solid. And that's why all the Rangers, quote-unquote, stars were MIA tonight. And they ain't being Tampa. They ain't being Colorado. They ain't being Calgary. So all the Ranger fans can just relax. I know I haven't been to the playoffs in, like, I don't know, like, how many every years. But, I mean, Carolina's, I mean, being in Pittsburgh, I gave them, like, a 50-50 shot to be Pittsburgh. But, I mean, they're not being in Carolina. They're a completely different team. The Rangers are going to lose in five. I mean, they'll win a game. But that's about it, man. I mean, so, I mean, hockey season might as well be over in New York. I mean, it's all the focus is on the Yankees. All the focus is on the Mets. That's really all that matters, man. Well, listen, the Yankees and the Mets got a lot of buzz. The Rangers are going to have buzz, though, Mark, when they win a first-round series the way that they did against Pittsburgh. Well, I, I, I get that. But they have every reason to be excited. They have every reason to be fired up. Now, I agree with your overall assessment. I don't like their chances in this series. They haven't played well against Carolina for years. And you brought up a good point. The pace the series was played at against Pittsburgh, it's not going to be played like that against Carolina. They are not allowing you to go up and down the ice. But that all being said, Mark, the Rangers had a one nothing lead. They're leading inside of four minutes in this game. They should have been up by two or three goals. You got a C-level game out of Carolina and you can't win it. That's a problem. 
That's a major, major problem. That says a lot. And you know what? Tampa Bay is the same exact way. And that's what the Islanders had going for him because the Islanders matched up well against those teams in the last couple of seasons because they were able to play that style. The Rangers have not been able to show that they could play that style. And they don't do well versus teams like that. So that's why to me, I mean, they'll win a game, but I mean, I'm not, I mean, like whatever. I'll let my friends be excited about the Rangers. You know, they, you know, they deserve it. Anyway, about the Mets. Um, yeah, I mean, he, here's the reason why Scherzer got hurt. Back in January, found out that my wife was going to LA for a, uh, for a work event. So I said, you know what? If there's a baseball season, which I didn't think there was going to be because of this, you know what? I'm going to tag along when you're done. So the last day of our conference is the first game out in LA. So I'm going to go and I'm going to see the Mets, the Dodgers. I'm going to go see the Mets versus the Padres and the Mets versus the Angels in June, in a couple weeks. Which, by the way, is a hell of a road trip. You get Dodgers, Padres, Angels in Southern California weather. That's a hell of a road trip, dude. I'd be in on that. The players in ABC, the Mets beat the crap out of Syndergaard would be fun. And so, I mean, the reason why this happened is because like, why can't I get satisfaction? The Mets are like doing so well, have a nice road trip planned, and I want to see the guys play. I mean, the Grom's hurt. He ain't going to be back. Scherzer is hurt. I don't know when McGill's going to be back. I mean, this is going to start looking like the teams from the last couple of seasons where they have, like, I mean, people with the scrap heap coming out and, and pitching. I mean, maybe they'll ask me to pitch. I mean, that's kind of where I think we're going to be at. Well, and here's the problem, Mark. They do not have the resources in the minor leagues because of all the moves they've made over the last couple of years. They don't have arms to call up. Like David Peterson, outside of David Peterson, the Mets are not looking at much down in AAA. They don't have top prospects that are ready to go. So when McGill goes down and now Scherzer goes down and DeGrom, I mean, best case scenario, bro, he's pitching at the end of July. That's if things go well. That is when you're going to see Jacob DeGrom, which would be the end of July. It means the Mets are going to have to weather the storm for the next couple of weeks. And if we're talking about an oblique injury for Scherzer, and I'm still waiting on confirmation for that, Minimum four to six weeks. Minimum. I'm expecting six weeks with that. Speaking about that, like, where did uh, Yamamoto go? I mean, is he still with the Mets? Like, I think that he actually got released, like I want to say. He probably did. He probably was out of options and probably wanted to go somewhere else, would be my guess. I mean, the Mets went in the season. They did all they could. I mean, they had a great offseason. I mean, they had, I think, eight starting pitchers. And I mean, but it's like the walking wounded here. I mean, it just, I mean, it happens like, like about fell. I got to tell you, too, though. I mean, the Mets bullpen, though, I mean, and we've had conversations about this in the past. The Mets bullpen, I mean, forget even Diaz looking like Edwin Diaz back in Seattle, which who would ever thought that. But, I mean, the Mets bullpen from top to bottom looks just, I mean, just night and day different than from the past. I mean, I actually feel somewhat comfortable like when the Mets starting pitchers come out and without Familia here and without a couple other guys, I think the Mets bullpen is a big upgrade. So I think, look, it's better. It's better. They still need another arm or two. Let's be honest, Mark. They need another arm. But Diaz being able to solidify things in the ninth inning has helped a ton. Appreciate it. The fact that Drew Smith has pitched well, Sharif has pitched well, Lugo outside of tonight has been a lot better. That helps. You add all that up, that helps. Going to have to weather the storm, though, for the next couple of weeks, though. Be ready for that. Losing Scherzer for four to six weeks is a, a major, major issue. Let's head to Chris in New Jersey who joins us. Chris, the floor is yours. Take it away. JJ, thanks for the call. Um, 
first two things I got to say. This is both Yankee related. I'm at the game in Baltimore tonight. One is that I heard this thing by Jeff Passan, I want to say on Sunday Night Baseball, where he said so far this season, the Yankees have only beaten or really played a team that is above 500 and they've yet to play the Rays this year. Does this slightly worry you? I mean, I'm, we're 29 and seven now. I'm like pretty happy. I mean, it's, it's the best thing ever. It's like eating cake and complaining about it, but. I mean, I'm not going to bitch about 20, whatever the hell the record is. I'll, I'll say it one more time because I want to make sure I have it right. 28 and nine. There you go. 28 and nine. Uh, I'm never going to complain about a record like that. The reason why I'm not going to get on the Yankees for their lack of competition is because you go back to last year, they couldn't beat up on the bad teams. They got swept by the Tigers. They only went, I think, 11 and eight against the Orioles. They couldn't sweep a team and finish off the series. 28-9 is 28-9. Now, are you going to learn a lot more about them when they play Tampa, a team that has given them fits? Yes. Are you going to learn a lot more about them when they take on the Astros at the end of June, which is the series I'm looking forward to? For sure. But when you're 28-9, you just keep it rolling, bro. That's all there is to it. Don't apologize. Don't, don't feel bad about it. Take it and run. Yeah, and one more. Have you heard this story about this uh, Yankee minor leaguer that got cut because he's taken equipment by Jake Sanford? I, I did see, Chris, I did see that story. And let me tell you something. That gives me shades of Ruben Rivera. And old school Yankee fans know exactly what I am referencing. Former top prospect. He comes back. He's stealing Derek Jeter's stuff. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. The great Justin in Floral Park. He's never embarrassing. He joins us. What's up, buddy? JJ, what's going on, brother? How are you, Justin? Oh, crush and blow, man. Fucking Kako had that right empty net, man. You got to bury that fucking shot. Could have really uh, sealed the deal. Well, Justin, you win a game. I mean, let's call it like it is. You score that goal there, you go up 2 nothing. you win a game. Yeah. And listen, they played good for 40 minutes, and in that third period, they just were dead. And they, that's been the Rangers' MO this whole postseason. Even the games they've won, they have not put together a whole 60 minutes. And against this team, with the competition getting harder, you got you to have 60 minutes out there. Yeah, it's a good point, Justin. And I thought, to be honest, the first two periods, especially the first period against Carolina, was probably the best period I think I've seen the Rangers play this entire postseason. I thought they were on their game. I thought their defense looked a lot better. I thought they controlled play. I felt like they should have been up by more than a goal. And that, to me, is the theme that I am going to keep hitting on when it comes to game one. The Rangers had multiple opportunities to grow this lead. They didn't. They let a good team hang around. And when you make those sort of mistakes on the road and you give a team like Carolina a chance to go and tie the game, they're going to do exactly that. Yeah, and it's a story again. These backup goalies, the Rangers always have trouble with these backup goalies. I know Ronta has a little resume, but he's not an all-star goalie. I'm sorry, he's not. He's a backup goalie for a reason. And the Rangers just always make these backup goalies look great. So we'll see what happens. I'm not, you know, you get the split and you go from there. Well, that's the key, Justin. How do they respond, right? Because they responded in the Pittsburgh series. They responded down 1-0. They responded down three games to one. I got news for you, though, Justin. They will not win this series if they fall behind three games to one. I'm telling you that right now. With two of the three games being in Carolina, they better not be down three games to one because history will not repeat itself. Great. And one last thing on the Yanks. Listen, I love what they're doing, obviously. Two things. Number one, Gallo and fucking Hicks cannot be on this team. Cashman must make an upgrade at the deadline. And number two, Holmes has to be the closer. I see. I'm not willing to go there yet. I agree with you when it comes to adding an outfielder. 
The Yankees are not, Justin, you remember I said this. They are not demoting a world as Chapman from the closers role. It's not going to happen. He's not signed for next year. And JJ, how many times are we going to have our postseason end with this guy on the mound? Well, I get that. Well, Justin, that doesn't mean, though, that he has to be demoted from the closers role. What I think it means, though, is that you should not treat Chapman like he's 2017 or all this Chapman. You understand what I'm saying? He's the closer of this team. He's going to be the closer of this team. But what they've done a good job of and what I think they should still continue to do when they have the arms available, those nights where he doesn't have it. And you know, Justin, you know it. You're a good Yankee fan. When he doesn't have it, you have somebody up in the bullpen. And if he's going to throw balls to the backstop and he's going to put a ton of guys on base, the Yankees ass out of the game. That, to me, is the way you handle Chapman. And come playoff time, listen, come playoff time, anything goes. You might have starters closing games for all you know. So I I, I don't get wrapped up in that. Regular season, though, I think, it, and I know it got a lot of attention after yesterday's game. I'm telling you right now, there's no closer controversy. Chapman's the closer of the team. Come playoff time, different story. Justin, appreciate it. Listen, you're right about Hicks and Gallup. I mean, the fact that the Yankees are 28-9 and they are getting nothing out of Hicks and they are getting nothing out of Gallo is remarkable. It's remarkable. And, you know, it's amazing. Anytime Gallo hits his, like, one home run of the week, the uh, the stat nerds, they, they come out to the high heavens. They're absurd. I mean, Gallo is such a stiff. Um, Cashman is very stubborn on Joey Gallo. I think he will be admitting defeat, hopefully, in the middle of July. I hope so. I hope he's smart enough to realize this because the team is good enough with a couple of tweaks to win a World Series this year. Just a little food for thought. Steve is up next. He joins us. Hello, Steve. JJ, how you doing, brother, man? Stevie, I'm doing well. All's well. What's up, dude? Uh, hey, listen, I got two things. I'm getting slapped in the face two times tonight. First off, Rangers. It was a brutal loss. Uh, you know, we can, we can you, you've been through it. Aside from that, I'm also a Met fan, and I have Scherzer on my fantasy team. I'm done. It, it, just just a brutal loss all over. I can understand that. It's way worse from a Ranger perspective, Steve, considering it's the second round of the postseason, as you know. The good news with Scherzer, as he's now speaking to the media, I'm reading some of the clips right now as I'm on Twitter, felt the zing in my left side. I just knew I was done. I don't think this is a major strain. Hopefully, I got out there quick enough to prevent a major injury. So, hey, listen, anytime you're talking oblique, that's scary. But we're not talking about like a season-ending type injury for Max. I agree. A couple a couple of weeks out, you know, we'll be fine. I got to say, though, a couple of guys in the comments, Islander fans coming out of the roost. We haven't heard from them in 25 years, you know, JJ. I mean, listen, it's a Rangers town. We all know it, but... You know, the Islanders fans coming out of nowhere is very interesting. Well, listen, I always have an issue, Steve. Appreciate the call. When fans who are not playing in the postseason are going to be chirping a team that is playing in the postseason, like when they get eliminated, chirp all you want. But, like, let the Rangers have their day. Like last year, let the Islanders have their day. Like, I don't want to hear from the Ranger fan when the Islanders are playing in the conference finals. Same deal now. Rangers are playing in the postseason. Second round, they won a great series. The Islanders fans got to, you know, Bite their tongue a little bit. That's all. Let's head to Anthony, who is up next. Hello, Anthony. How we doing, bud? 
JJ, I uh, just left PNC Arena here down in Raleigh. I'm like the last guy I was indeed rooting for the Rangers. So like you mentioned. Well, you and many others, by the way, Anthony, there were a lot of, it seemed like there were a lot of Ranger fans in that building. Is that accurate? Oh, 100%. That's, that's kind of the reason I wanted to call because while, yes, that was absolutely a game the Rangers need to win nine times out of 10, that's a Ranger win. It obviously didn't break their way towards the end there, but uh, w- what's the difference in this series versus the one against Pittsburgh is that building is not the same building that they played in at Pittsburgh. I mean, you heard it when they were in Pittsburgh, you heard the Igor chants all night long. There were, I didn't, I don't think I heard a single one there tonight. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe. I mean, me watching on television, I didn't hear them. I didn't hear them. So, I mean, if you didn't hear them in the building, I sure as hell didn't hear them watching the game, Anthony, for sure. God Almighty, there wasn't. And and the, the Ranger fans were out and about. I know my section, the guy in front of me, the poor Canes fan, kept looking around because he was surrounded by blue shirts. So the thing I'll say is Igor played tremendous for 90% of that game tonight. If he continues to play like that, listen, we know if the Rangers want to win this series, it's got to be a long series. They're going to win it in six or seven if that ends up being the case. All you got to do is steal one in Carolina. They can do that. They showed tonight that if they play a complete game, and they almost did tonight. They, they, they're able to do that. Go and win your home games, and you're not in as hostile of an environment as you were in Pittsburgh. I think there's still a chance. That's why I still have hope in this series. I can understand that, Anthony, but you let one slip through your fingers tonight. You got to own that, right? Like, this is a game the Rangers had for the taking. They thoroughly outplayed Carolina for two periods. They should have been up by more than a goal. And to see that third period unfold and then the overtime unfold, you're right. I thought Igor was fantastic tonight. This game is not on Igor Shesterkin. This game is on the Rangers. And I think in many ways, they kind of took their foot off the gas in the third period. They kind of played not to lose in the third period. And anytime you do that, you usually end up losing. That's just the way it goes. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though. It's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. Let's head to Sean. He's up next. He joins us. What's happening, Sean? Yes, Sean. Sean, you got on mute. Let's go. JJ, first time long. Oh, I love it. Happy to have you aboard, Shawnee. There we go. You figured out a little mind technology. There we go. Uh, diehard hockey fan, pulling for the Rangers. Just a brutal loss tonight. I, I got to agree with the guy about Kako, but the worst one's heel. You got it on your stick. Just lift it a little bit, my guy. He's in butterfly. You can't let him kick it with the skate. I just simply want to say to Rangers fans, I, I get a lot of Rangers fans saying, uh, you know, we're playing with house money. You know, we're a year ahead of schedule. I just want to caution everybody from a mid-40s hockey fan i kind of seen this before with the Flyers in 97 when the Red Wings beat them for the Cup. A lot of parallels there. That team had Rob Brindamore, Eric Lindros. 
They were a year ahead of schedule, beat a Rangers team that won the cup a few years earlier, and everything was looking up. And then the next year, Scott Stevens turned Lindros's head into tapioca, and they never came back. So, you know, your window's not closed until it's closed, but don't take anything for granted. I just feel for Rangers fans tonight, this is a horrible loss. He had a real chance to go up one nothing and put some heat on a veteran team and just didn't get it done. And I uh, just wanted to say that I love the show, man. I hope the Rangers come back and win because I'm really pulling for them. Well, listen, I appreciate that, Sean. And I think you bring up a fair and reasonable take when it comes to dealing with a young team. You never know when you're getting back. Would I wager on the Rangers getting back? Yeah, but perfect example. The Yankees in 2017. We're still waiting for the Yankees after 2017 to go and get to the World Series. Their best chance with this group was that year when they were ahead of schedule. And nobody expected them to win in that particular year. Like, if the Rangers lose this series, I'm not going to be, like, down and out. Because I didn't think this was a Stanley Cup team. Still think they're a piece or two away from ascending to that level. But this is a game they should have won. Make no mistake. They should have won this game. Let's head to the great Coney Island, Cobra, who is ready to roll. Cobra, four is yours. Hey, pal. I mean, again, I you know, Sean kind of stole my thunder there, but uh, I'll say this. I mean, this is this is a disappointing loss right here. I mean, we had an opportunity, a big time opportunity. And again, Kako Kako has has a net w- more wide open than Tracy Crowley and a LinkedIn holiday party, and we don't deliver. And and I'm going to say this too. And and Gallant's been a great coach, you know, throughout this whole season. But I, I don't, you know, I don't want to bust on him too much. But that too, they were coming out and they were going to throw the kitchen fucking sink at you. And this team looked flat. What was it? Seven shots on net in the first two minutes of that period. I mean, I thought we were in trouble when, when that happened. And, and again, you know, the, the kid line was the only line tonight after the second that, that played well. That's it. You know, their, their whole thing and, and, their whole thing to have Igor stand on his fucking head. You're not going to, you're not going to, let alone win a series, but try to steal this game. It's not going to happen. Cobra, I totally get it. And I felt watching this game. I don't know if you felt this way. You watch the first period. They're up one and nothing. You're like, tremendous period. We should be up by more. Second period, you're wondering, damn, this is only a one goal lead. It's just like that. Anytime you're dealing with that tight of margin, it, it, all it takes is one break, one odd man rush, one opportunity, and boom, everything you work for goes completely out the window. That's the way this Ranger game felt tonight because everything was there. They needed to be up by more than a goal. They weren't up by more than a goal. And Carolina, to their credit, they did what a good team is supposed to do. They made you pay. A hundred percent. I mean, look, and here's the thing. They, they put pressure on them, and you were like, hey, Okay, you know, five minutes of the second and the third, it was like they just couldn't do anything. And on top of it, Carolina was going to score. It was just the shift of momentum. They hit crossbar twice, I want to say, in that third. So, it's again, you knew the Rangers were not going to win this game one nothing. I felt that way. You knew they needed another goal, and they just never, they never got it. Well, and here's my problem now, Cobra. Unlike the Pittsburgh series, you're on the road for game two. 
They lost a crusher in game one. Make no mistake. Game one against the Penguins was a crushing playoff loss. They came out. They played at home. They were able to feed off the Garden crowd. It was a tight game. They pulled away in the third period. But like having that in your backyard, I feel like it can put you at ease. They're not going to have that in game two. And I guarantee you, Carolina is going to look a heck of a lot better than they did tonight. Heck of a lot better. I think game, I think game, game two, you know, Friday night is going to be, I, we can talk about must win, but I just think, no, it's, it's going to be a very tall task. And, and again, you see their face. I mean, look, I'm not going to completely crap on that fan base. You know, look, they, you know, they were, they were loud tonight. You could tell there were Ranger fans there. I mean, Raleigh has a ton of New Yorkers, but I mean, you know, we're, Again, they're 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 looking down the barrel on come uh, come Friday night. Well, Cobra, listen, you want to show me you're going to win this series? Respond. That's the goal for the Rangers. Go out in Game Two and respond. Now we will not be doing a show to uh, on Friday night. I, I would have been. I'm in a wedding this weekend, so I, I, I maybe we'll do something. I, I keep tell you this: we're not going to be posting it. There's no chance we're posting it. So maybe maybe we'll do a live if I'm up for it. But I am in a wedding this weekend. And then Sunday, we'll be back with a pod. And the way the schedule works out, it's great. Tuesday, live. Thursday, live. In case you're wondering, we got your Rangers coverage every which way here on New York, New York. All right, let's head to Kevin, who joins us next. Kevin, what's up, buddy? Yes, Kevin. Kevin, hello, hello. Sorry, sorry about that. No, I got you, bud. How we doing, man? What's happening, bro? I'm a masshole. Uh, sports guy disciple and uh but i have ties to this because of how big of a hockey fan i am you're you're right about how important this was and but the one thing that's missing from the conversation is i think the most important thing in in just knowing from us winning the cup in 2011 is hot goalie and that's where the rangers have an advantage or the trump card basically I can understand that, Kevin. If Igor Shosturkin is going to be able to thoroughly outplay his counterpart, Ronta, for Carolina. I understand that. Now, let me ask you. I'm not dialed in every single one of the games that Carolina was playing against your Bruins in the first round. I know you were. Listen, I, I got 10 zillion different things to watch. How was Ronta in that first round series? Um, it was more the building, to be honest. Because it, Igor is playing that good. To where, uh, when it comes to actual play and the team out front, he, he won that series for them against uh, P- uh, Pittsburgh, and he can win them the cup. But for us, it was basically being in that building. We could not, we couldn't do what the Rangers did. It basically score um, the first goal in their building. And I didn't even watch Game Seven. I'm I'm a diehard Bruins fan. That's the only fandom that I've been since I'm a kid because I live out. How the hell did you not watch Game Seven? Because I knew it was going to happen. I, oh, but you got to watch the Kevin. I love it. You got to watch the game, bro. It was it was on the TV in my living room, but just I could hear it in knowing what was coming beforehand. All right, so you expected a loss, okay? But you watched you watched the game. Be honest, I mean, you watched the game. Don't bullshit me. I know you watched the game. Come on. But I'm in a, such a crazy position on this because I get a text a couple of days beforehand because my best friends in the world. I'm a Mets fan. Like I'm not a huge baseball fan, but converted from. I live eight miles west of Boston. My best friend's from Long Island. He's a Comac kid. And he's somebody that's a, he's an island, he's from the island, but 
is a Rangers fan. He's been giving me grief because I said, we're both going down. And his buddy texted me and said, I said, You're, you made the right decision. Enjoy your winnings because he was betting. He said, I know it's your birthday, but I'm betting Carolina heavy on game seven. And I said, you're smart. You're going to win. Hey, listen, you hooked your buddy up. I mean, at the very least, Kevin, you were able, you were able to hook your buddy up. I actually had the Bruins plus the series price in that one. Appreciate the call. Didn't go particularly well for me, but hey, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, you know? Let's head to Kenny, who's up next. Kenny, boy, what's happening? Kenny, I saw your pal earlier tonight, the great Tony Richardson. One of the greats, by the way. One of the greats. Love Tony. Good stuff. Good stuff. Actually, uh, Tony might be at my house in the summer for a barbecue. Which I- well, I expect to see you there then. I hope my invite doesn't get lost in the mail, you know? Good. You're on the A-list. You know that. There we go. Listen, you know I don't got a dog in a fight here with the uh, Rangers series. I'm just here to make money. And I picked up a few dollars on that game and uh, picked up a few dollars on this Calgary game. Where I thought the Rangers lost this game was when the third period, Gallant should have called timeout somewhere along the line there to get that momentum back just to stop that rush because they were coming at you. You know, it's an interesting point, Kenny. I guess you could make that argument. You don't see it that often, though. They normally save those timeouts for the end when they're looking to draw something up, you know, at the end of a game. Uh, losing. When you're losing by a goal, that's when they... That's what I mean. You usually see it down. Rangers were up, so maybe that's why you didn't get the timeout at Galan. That's the only reason and justification, I guess. But, you know, you got to break that momentum. But uh, moving forward, listen, it's hockey. You know, anything can happen. Hockey's the strangest playoffs where, you know, basically when you get down a game or two in a series... Hockey is known for comebacks. It's the, if you look up the, uh, the records of baseball, basketball, when teams get down 3-1, 2-1, usually, you know, they don't come back. But in hockey, it happens a lot, improved by the Rangers previously. And, and I've been in both buildings. I've been to Pittsburgh for Islander playoff games. I was in Carolina a few years back for playoff games. Carolina atmosphere, it may sound loud on TV. But uh, Pittsburgh is much louder built. Yeah, I mean, I expected it to be. I mean, listen, Kenny, to be honest, just knowing the pedigree of the Penguin fan, knowing how many big games they've had in that building, I I expected that to be a far more raucous environment. And listen, I thought the Rangers handled the environment pretty well in Carolina. They were up inside of four minutes to go. You got to find a way to bring that game home. Let's head to Charlie and Elmhurst, who's up next. He joins us. Hello, Charlie. Hey, JJ. So good to talk to you again. My pleasure, Charlie. What's up, dude? So, yeah, I mean, nothing can play about the Yanks. And I like the fact that this year, like we bitch and moan, moan about last year was a base running mistake. And so far, hey, my count uh, is that running out on the outs on the basement four, which is like what? No, that's really good. I mean, listen, Charlie, when that number is four and you're sitting here in the middle of May, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing for the Yankees. And their base running has been better. Their defense has been better. Their pitching has been exemplary. And unlike last year, they're finishing teams off. They're putting teams out of their misery in series. They're going for the jugular in series. There's a whole lot to like. Listen, Charlie, when your record is 28 and 9. It's tough to find things to complain about, bro. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's tough, except for the, right now, except the center field and left field production. I mean, minus whenever Judge starts in center field, it has been awful. I mean, Hicks has been awful. 
Hicks has not hit at all. Gallo has not hit at all. They've gotten no offense from the catcher's position. And they really haven't gotten much offensively out of Kiner Falefa. But yet, Charlie, they are where they are. And look, I do think there will be tweaks made to the team. I think there's a minor move that could be maybe made in the outfield. Maybe, you know, you're looking at a little bit here, a little bit there. But for the most part, this is going to be the team. And I think the idea of run prevention and prioritizing those little things, plus the big guys you have leading the way and Judge and Stanton, and then to a lesser extent, it's Rizzo, it's Donaldson. Torres, Torres, Charlie, looks like the engaged, dialed-in player. He's not fully back to 2018, 2019 form, but he's a lot closer to that recently than what he was in 2020 and 2021. And that makes a ton of difference. Oh, yes. This year, his fundamentals, like his head is in the right place. Like Like you even saw it on that base running today early in the first inning. Following Donaldson on the wild pitch, on the bad throw, and boom, he's busting his ass and he scores. That's something you don't see out of Torres last year. Yeah, last Thursday, the White Sox series, when judges in field single, he scored from all the way from the second base. And, like, even it was, like, a meaning, like, less at bat. I mean, he was busting down the line. Was, I think it was a Monday. I mean, that's the kind of attitude I see from Glover Torres, which, like, you know, as a whole team, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. And, JJ, I got to ask uh, – I know you talk on the on the sports night last night. You talk about the uh, the real basketball team, the, the Knicks, with the eleventh pick. I mean, I mean, I mean, no news, but like, and I listened to the Jerry Ferraro's inter- interview, and like, what do you do with the eleventh pick? I mean, it's like, can I mean, it's time for this organization to get some big time superstar. Yeah, yeah, they got to make a move. They got to make a move, Charlie. The question is, who? I mean, the first name you're going to bring up is Mitchell, and I asked Jerry Ferraro this question. And I would make the same point right here, right now. Appreciate it as always. I would not trade R.J. Barrett in a package for Donovan Mitchell. You could have anybody else. I cannot trade R.J. Barrett. I cannot rob Peter to pay Paul. You know what I mean? I do not want to move on from Barrett. Anybody else? I'm willing to listen. Next thing is star player, though. It is so obvious. Matthew is up next. He joins us. Matty boy, what's up, baby? Hey, JJ. How's it going, man? Uh, just hold on. Sorry, I'm outside. I just got a more stuff to go by. So uh, I come out a little late here, so I don't know if I'm going to repeat myself, but you know I'm calling about the Rangers tonight. Another brutal loss. It seems like the only losses the Rangers have are brutal losses. I just, looking at the beginning of the game, the Rangers are winning. They're looking good. But to be honest with you, I feel like it was more Carolina wasn't playing up to their ability where the Rangers were actually dominating them. You know, it didn't feel to me the Rangers were dominating that game in the beginning. Yeah, and maybe it's due to the fact that Carolina was giving you a C game or a D game. But the bottom line is, Matt, you're up a goal after two periods. It felt like you should have been up by more than a goal after two periods, and something changed in the third period. There was a sense of urgency from Carolina. Carolina acknowledged they were down a goal, and it felt like the Rangers, I don't know if you got this sense watching the game, it felt like they were playing not to lose. That's the way it felt to me. 100%. Carolina came out and they had that next level, that other notch, and the Rangers just did not have it to meet them and match them. And that goal was inevitable. And if you look at that goal on replay, and I don't know if it was discussed earlier, but they had five guys standing around watching that rebound go in. I mean, Igor makes that first save and five guys, no one's moving their feet. You got a one-goal lead in the playoff game here with a chance to steal one. You got to have some more urgency than that. Totally fair. And I hope we're not looking at game one as this opportunity squandered from a Ranger perspective. Uh, and I'm watching this goal right now. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. 
The, the first one was clearly off the rebound and there's nothing Igor could do. The second one, he's blindsided. This game is not on Igor Shesterkin, Matt. Anybody who's going to tell me, and listen, game three and game four in Pittsburgh, Igor Shesterkin stunk up the joint. This game is not on Shesterkin. 100% not. But the one thing we know about this Ranger team, cockroach-like here in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens coming out next, uh, next game. Still got a chance to steal one and see if we can get some positives going back to New York. Well, Maddie, listen, it's very simple. Appreciate the call. You got to have that no-quit attitude because this is a tough one to lose, especially against the team that has had your number, and that is on you. That's the other thing. That shadow of doubt kind of creeps into your mind, too. That could be problematic. Andy in the Bronx is up next. What's up, Andy? My man, nice to see you. Nice to talk. Andy, isn't it nice having a 28-9 baseball team? I don't know what to do with myself, bro. I really don't. I mean, I think about all the conversations you and I had last year bitching and moaning and complaining and bellyaching about the Yankees. Andy, I don't got much to complain about these days outside of Joey Gallo. Uh, Joey Gallo and uh, Hicks uh, killing us in uh, runners in scoring position. But, JJ, I love you, but I got a ticket to task, my friend. Sure. sure. Uh, uh, how many home runs is Chapman going to have give us, give up, for you to give up on him? They're not get Andy, they're not giving up on a world as Chapman. You want to, I, I, and here's my issue. I think folks now are getting so irrational about his erratic pitching. They're not seeing the bigger picture. By no means, Andy, am I suggesting that Aroldis Chapman shouldn't have a guy waiting in the wings when he sucks. In no way am I suggesting that come September and October, Aaron Boone shouldn't put the matchups when sees fit. Chapman is still one of your best relievers in the bullpen this year, is he not? I am, but JJ, guess who's in second place in our division? You know it's all about October, my friend. Well, I understand it. Listen, they got to beat Tampa. They got to beat Houston. I know it's about October, but guess what? How many times in October do you see starting pitchers closing games for you? You know what I'm saying? So, like, the narrative of, hey, let's take Chapman out of the closers role in May or June. I, that is where I'm just not on board. You want to tell me you don't trust Chapman? You don't believe in Chapman? That's a different argument. But for the time being, Andy, they're not changing anything right now. And nor should they. Hey, no, we, listen, we're trading 29. There's no panic button in here with Chapman. But I'm telling you, dude, we you know where this is going. Well, the idea, and, and Andy, that's fine. You want to tell me, big game, big situation. You don't trust Chapman to get big outs? I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> no, not going to fight you on it. Our bullpen is completely loaded. I, no, I'm not ready to, to say, you know, pull the plug on this guy. But I'm telling you, this guy, for some reason, he's getting worse and worse every year. And I, 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 had, I can't relive another nightmare season. We've been to the postseason every year and done nothing. This year, we're having, like you said, a magical year. We're, fr we're freaking winning games. Like you said, last year would have blown easily. We, now we're winning those games. But I'm telling you, I'm vision. I'm seeing the long road ahead. I see Tampa second place. They're a competition. We need to punk them this year. That's the next goal here. Uh, that's what that has to happen. But Chapman, I'm sorry. It, it's just that I, I just cannot trust them. I'm not going to give up on them just yet. Uh, you know, we still have up to the all-star break, but it was a problem. And uh, by the way, JJ, I do want to comment on the Met fans. Uh, I, I, cause this thing has been, as a Yankee fan, they're going to say I'm a Met hater. The Mets are an unimproven product, people. I mean, why are people saying that the Mets are going to be uh, in October like it's a sure thing? 
They haven't even been on the Long West Coast trip yet. All right. So, uh, Met fans, you know, relax. You know, I'm just saying that the Yankee fans and Met fans, you know, there's no comparison. The Yankees are a proven product. The Mets are not. Chill. Have fun. Relax. But anyway, I'm, but that's what I wanted to talk to you about, JJ. Andy, listen, I know you're having some fun trolling the Met fan a little bit. The Mets are better than you think, though, because of the presence of Buck Showalter. I'm telling you point blank, the Mets are better than you think. Now, they're going to have to weather the storm without Scherzer now for the next couple of weeks, but they are better than you think. Uh, let's take two more. Scotty joins us. Scotty, take it away. Hey, I mean, that was a brutal loss. I mean, they had a hole wide open in Lisa Ann's, and they just couldn't put it in. Uh, it's just brutal. I mean, it's just, I mean, look, they lost game. I know they lost game one against Pittsburgh, but Carolina is a much better team. I mean, thank God Sharskin is a hot goalie. But this game was just brutal. I think, you know, what's the next game? Friday? Friday night. That is accurate. I think Friday. I think I think I think we're gonna win Friday. I mean they gotta win Friday. It's a month. Well, Scotty, if they play the way they did for the first period, period and a half, half, they're in a very, very good, good position. position. But you gotta finish, bro. You gotta seal the deal on certain opportunities. You get wide open net, you gotta hit that wide open net. You gotta finish. You gotta get you gotta go and build a one goal lead. They did not do that tonight, and they let a team hang around. They let a team that has pedigree and has confidence hang around, and you learn the hard way. A young Ranger team learned, uh, hopefully, what is a hard but valuable lesson. And if they don't learn from this, well, then it's going to be a very quick trip in the second round of the postseason. That's all. And well, a couple more things. One thing about the Yankees, one thing about the Rangers. Listen, the Islander fans, shut up, okay? When was the last time you guys won a Stanley Cup? 83? When was the last time you've been in it? 84? Yeah, uh, shut the fuck up, okay? Yeah. Well, listen, the Islanders had their time last year. Here's what it boils down to. The Islanders had their time last year and the year before that. This is the Ranger time. So, you know, if you're not playing, you got to defer. That's the way it goes, bro. That's the way it goes. About the Yankees, look, they're beating teams. Like, everyone's saying, oh, they haven't beaten anybody. Well, last year they couldn't beat Baltimore. And we're well, beating Baltimore. So, I mean, I don't know what these people are saying. Scotty, I ain't apologizing, bro. I ain't apologizing because you nailed it. They got swept by the Tigers last year. They didn't play great against the Orioles last year. They didn't sweep teams last year. I'm not apologizing. The Yankees are doing exactly what they need to do. They'll be tested. They'll have their ups, their downs, their peaks, their valleys. That happens over the course of 162 games. Here's what I do know. You start off 28-9, you usually find their way to the World Series. And that's what the Yankees got to be this year. The World Freaking Series. Been way too long. Last but not least, it's like a podcast. We're wrapping it up with the great Jeff Money in Queens. What's up, pal? I saw that coming. A rough night, rough night tonight, rough night. Yeah, I mean, Rangers was cruel, bro. That's a that's a cruel one. Because not only did you have them, you're getting plus 152. That's the other thing, which is which is so juicy. Absolutely. I took two and a half periods there. It's, you saw it happening also. It was all defense, defense. I said, I just want to get the clock ticking away. Like, come on, end the clock, get to zero already. You just saw it. Once they tied it up, I was like, oh, crap. Because I didn't like the way the feeling of that going into overtime with that situation there. No, I didn't feel good about overtime. They got punked in the third period. Carolina had momentum at that point. No, disaster. Disaster. I did not feel good about overtime. Yeah, just like you said, they got to play the way they played the first two periods. You know, start out again, forget about what happened, you know, erase everything tomorrow. You know, there's another day when they play on Friday. I just got to decide if I'm going to take it or lay off the game. I'll have to wait to see on uh, 
by Thursday night or Friday. And as far as the uh, Dallas Mavericks, what a dumper they were today, you know? Yeah, I mean, that game was cooked, dude. Absolutely positively cooked. Um, and that's the problem and the danger of going up against the Golden State Warriors. When they kick it into high gear and they play at their very best, tough to beat them, bro. Tough to beat them. I know. It's going to be tough to think about that. Now, as far as tomorrow, I don't know what I'm going to do because now I'm looking more towards the Heat, but what's up with Smart? Is he playing or not playing? Showing questions. As, as of right now, he's supposed to play. That's that's what I heard. He is supposed to play. Don't know if we're going to see him, but every report I have read says that he is going to play. Yeah, who do you got? Who are you liking that one so far? So I picked Boston to win the series, but you know I'm invested in Miami to win the title. So I, I, I almost am in a way, Jeff Money, giving you the emotional hedge. I'm looking at the line right now. It's gone from five to three and a half. Hmm. Right. I know. I see it keeps going down now. So then, that means you're saying the money's going on Boston. A lot of money coming in on the Celtics. It's tough. It's tough because you know what's a, going on with Smart. That's a real difficult game. That is a tough. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I need clarity and I, I need answers to what's going on with Smart. I don't think you're going to see Hawford. You know what my gut feel is right now, Jeff Money? Miami's going to win game two. Yeah, I might be into it because I'm just worried about the injury situation with Celtics and being Miami being home. And then I could see the Celtics responding and winning the next two games at home. Like, I think this has lengthy six, seven game series written all over it. So my gut, my feel right now, and I don't love it. Let me, let me throw it that, throw it to you that way, Jeff Money. And I think my answer should be telling. I, I don't love the game. If I'm playing it though, I'm taking the heat. I'm taking the heat. Right, on a normal basis, you want to take, but since it's a playoff game, you got to pick a side. So I'm probably going to go with the Heat then, if you got to pick a side on that game. And as, as far as the Rangers, you know, if you if you have to pick it, you got to go more towards the Rangers. You got to take, you know, take the nice price on the underdog. Well, and I'm seeing what the opening line is already out, and it's at minus 184. Money, it's going to be really tough backing Carolina in any of these home games. Because you're going to have to pay for it if you want to back Carolina in any of these home games. Oh, absolutely. And as far as the Mets, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's tough what going, what's going on. But, uh, you know, at least they're winning. They got enough of a lead there. Sergio, you know, I, I'm glad, I'm glad he took himself out of the game and didn't aggravate him more. So hopefully it's not going to be that long for him. Yeah. And you hope that Max Scherzer knows his body well enough and he's being wise enough to say, Hey, guess what? I got to scale back. I'm not feeling right. I got to make sure I'm where I need to be for this team in September and in October. He misses a couple of weeks. It's not the end of the world for the Mets. But scary side at City Field. It's not a great night if you're a Met Ranger fan. Even though the Mets ended up winning their game going away against the Cardinals. Rangers, one nothing lead. Less than four minutes to go. Flush that down the toilet, losing overtime. Mets, you lose Max Scherzer. Not ideal. Not ideal. But... Fun night all around here on Spotify Live. And we will not lock in a Spotify Live yet for game two because I have this wedding weekend. I don't know what my schedule is going to be. We might be able to pull something off. We're not posting it. This one we'll post. And then we will have one Tuesday and Thursday. And by the way, tell your friends, tell your family, after big games, after big New York sporting events, this is where you want to be. New York, New York, on Spotify, on Apple. Spotify Live, listen to the show live and have a ton of fun. We will have a Friday same game parlay. We got a gambling show coming up tomorrow with House. Earlier, day earlier with the gambling show. 
on all the NBA stuff. And I've gotten absolutely smoked in these first two games. And then I'm going on the Chicago podcast. We're not doing a podcast tomorrow. This will be posted. But I'm going on the Chicago podcast. Going to preview Yankees White Sox with our main man, Jason Goff. So you want to check that out. Good work by Stefan. We got a lot of programming content coming your way. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple. Get on Spotify Live and follow John Zustremski. You get the notification. If you don't have Spotify Live yet, what the hell are you doing? Get on the app. Follow me. And anytime we do one of these bad boys, you want to listen live, you want to call, you got the opportunity to do so. Simple as that. JJ out. Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy your Thursday. Whatever the hell it is these days. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.